Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. I'm here and uh, I'm ready for a hot time. Yes, that's a, a good hot time. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what, what the kids call it these days. Uh, this is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films every week we get together. We've watched a movie, we talk about it. It's that simple. Uh, this should be going out at the end of March. We're recording a bunch of episodes in advance, if you don't know. Tim's about to be a baby daddy, mm-hmm. or has just become a baby daddy, depending on when it happens in the world when this comes out. Mm-hmm. But uh, we record all these episodes in advance. March is zombie month. This is the finale to zombie month, the final episode of March. Uh, and we are ending with a treat, hopefully, which is that we finally got the sequel to Train to Busan, and that is Peninsula. Mm. Uh, the official title is apparently Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, which is really awkward and clunky. Uh, so I'll critique that <laughs> first and foremost. But uh, I don't know. You, you can I just called it. I don't know. Like, I'll be honest, the title of the first movie is so specific to what's going on in the first movie that it's almost impossible to incorporate it into yeah. the second one. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like... I Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because... I mean, there's, like, no train in this whatsoever, so you kind of want to get train out of the title. And Actually, so it's I've like, got, I don't know what... Now, it's not set in, in Busan. But here's my right. suggestion, Tim. <laughs> You set you, you do the same plot as this movie, which we'll get to in a minute, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you set it in Busan, and you call the movie Escape from Busan. Oh, uh, there you go. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but mainly because I was thinking this is about Escape from New York esque as I was watching right. it, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just call it Escape from Busan. There you go. Just just move it to that city. <laughs> Done. Yeah. No, that's a that's good. Uh, I I was getting a very uh, Mad Max vibes, but I think I like uh, mm-hmm. Escape from New York fits a little better. I would say. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely Mad Max stuff in here as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there's no desert, but uh, there's right. definitely some some vibes of Mad Max stuff. But uh, yeah, so this is a sequel to 2016's Train to Busan, which was a very pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. We reviewed that when it came out back in 2016, and we're very impressed. It is what doing one of the best zombie movies uh, of of the century so far. Really, uh, yeah. there's not a lot that I think uh, you know steps up to it in terms of zombie movies and. Uh, looking forward to what we're going to do with the sequel, and the trailer definitely presented something that looked very different to the first one, which could be could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, and we're about to find out uh, and talk about it. So uh, we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you warning before we get into spoilers. The basic premise of the sequel is that it is sort of set in real time, as in it's four years later, and Korea has been cordoned off, South Korea specifically, has been cordoned off, it's been completely quarantined. The rest of the world does not have a zombie infection. The rest of the world's fine, uh, that, which has been an interesting take on this, which is kind of where the Escape from New York stuff comes into it, where mm-hmm. South Korea is this like just like abandoned country and no one goes there. However, this uh, shady criminal wants to send in a team of four people that he's exploiting to... Because basically, you know, when, when everything went down during the zombie outbreak, a lot of stuff was left behind, including a lot of like priceless art, and more specifically here, uh, just bags of cash. And there's $20 million, in uh, US dollars specifically, that he wants to be retrieved. So he sends in a small team to go and get it. Uh, there was a previous team who was sent, but they lost contact. Uh, so it should just be sitting in a van waiting for them. But of course, once our main characters get in there, and we'll get into the details, of course, of who the characters are, Obviously, we have zombie problems. We also have the problems of the the crazy kind of uh, gang who have got like their their base in the city again. Very Mad Max slash Escape from New York. Uh, so you've got that sort of thing going. Uh, but that's the the gist of it. Um, Tim, moment of truth. Yeah. 
<laughs> How did you feel about Peninsula? So, uh, you know, um, if if we look at it like the, you know, uh, on the news show, we covered the trailer when it dropped and we were both like really excited. Um, maybe not necessarily because like it looked like a good follow up, but just because it looked like they were going really off the rails and big and over the top and it looked like something kind of crazy and different. And um, I, normally I don't really look too much at reviews, but, um, yeah, when this came out, uh the like this week I, I think the blu-ray just came out and i was kind of debating whether or not to buy it and I, I ended up not buying it because like um when, when i was looking at reviews it seemed people were kind of all over the place like some people loved it some people hated it some people were like yeah it's just kind of whatever so going in i, I was actually kind of worried about it um and then it, you know it, it's weird because uh it, it is coming to shutter like that was a big thing they said like in 2021 this is uh gonna be available to watch on shutter but um for for some reason it's uh it's not on shutter right now but you can stream it through a uh, hoopla which is a like library uh streaming service <laughs> like if you if you have a library card you can use hoopla to like rent books and movies and and stuff and i was like okay it's on here so why the hell not just uh watch it here but it's funny because it still has like the shutter logo when you watch it and, it like, does the- it's it's, it's something that we've seen happen a lot with Shudder movies where they get the rights, but they don't get them right away. There's like a, a window where after the original theatrical release, which in this case is, you know, Korea and whatever else they're yeah. doing. Um, so I think technically, yes, they have a, a logo on it because they have funded it in some way, but they've only paid enough to like get it a little bit later. And that, from that point yeah. on, I think it'll forever be on Shudder because they own the distribution rights yeah. to it then from that point. Uh, I think... If not worldwide, I don't even know if Shudder is worldwide, but it's certainly almost yeah. every time I see Shudder get the rights to something, it always says North America, Europe, and uh, uh, Australia, New Zealand. It always says like okay. the, the 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 key English speaking territories. <laughs> and apologies yeah. to any English speaking territories that I've you know I've I've cited by saying right. that to it, but <laughs> the, the the first few you think of typically. Um, yeah. it- it's just so funny because you don't really see that with any, any other movies. Like you would never be watching a movie on Prime and like a Netflix logo <laughs> pops up or something like. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a little bit strange, but I mean, at least here you didn't, you know, you weren't watching it on Prime or Netflix or right, anything right. like that. It was <laughs> there was something, you know. Uh, hey, I got it. I just wanted to bring it up because I was happy that I got to uh, uh, stream it for free. <laughs> oh sure, yes, all was good. But uh, I mean, I mean, so how did I feel about the movie though? Uh, again, um. Yeah, I was super excited about the trailer, but then I was trepidatious after uh, reading some reviews. Uh, and then, uh, I gotta say, after watching it, I kind of freaking loved it. <laughs> like I, <laughs> uh, I, I was definitely um, surprised by a, a lot of it. And um, you know, obviously, you know, one thing we are gonna have to do is like compare it to the first one. Like it's you know hard not to, <laughs> you know, with with a sequel and. Like, I do think the first one is uh, definitely, like, technically a, a much better movie. Uh, I, I think at least for a, alone for its, like, simplicity, you know. But um, this is probably, like, a lot of flaws you can say. Like, oh, it's, like, maybe kind of bloated. There's a lot of different ideas going on. It, it's less of a horror movie. And like we said, more of, like, an action. and, and Not even, like, a, you know, like, action-action movie, but, like, a, a specific, like you know like sci-fi like you said like escape from new york mad max kind of like almost apocalyptic uh like sci-fi movie uh, or action movie um but it all really worked for me i i loved the characters 
you know, I, I thought like a little group of heroes that we follow were all very likable. Uh, I thought, you know, the bad guys were good bad guys. Uh, the zombie stuff I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I guess if I have a complaint, like maybe I, I wish there was kind of more zombie stuff, uh, especially like one really cool uh, set piece that, you know, we see, we saw in the trailer uh, that we're, I think we we're both really excited about, but unfortunately it doesn't really get much play in the movie, which is a shame. But uh, overall though, I mean, it, it all really worked for me. And, and there was, um, you know, a, a big thing in the first one was, like, you know, uh, you really feel for the characters and there's like some emotional gut punches. And, uh, you know, I would say probably not as good in this one, but I still, you know, was like, uh, you know, getting some feelings towards the end, uh, you know, when like some stuff happens to certain characters. And like, you know, I, I wasn't like full on crying or anything, but I was like, oh, man, like, oh, I, I hope this uh, doesn't happen or like, oh, no, I, I like this character. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I would say I was actually... Uh, pleasantly surprised with this one i enjoyed it quite a bit a lot of build up there uh <laughs> to, to the reveal of your your thoughts i i also liked it a, a fair bit i, I think I, I would you know it's, it's still a zombie movie it's still a horror movie it, yeah. but I, I think something that does it's quite smart almost is that it's very clear that the villains in this movie are the humans and that, that's not unusual for a zombie movie zombie movies often especially towards the end of a zombie movie like the zombies are the horror for like two-thirds of it but then usually towards the end there's so many of these zombie movies and most of the classics where you know man is the real monster and it'll be a human being or a gang of humans who become the problem and right. it's, it's you know it's their own you know to quote uh ripley from aliens you know who's worse <laughs> than them you don't see them effing each other over for a percentage you know it's just that <laughs> kind of mentality and i think what's interesting about this is that it just it sets up what is essentially a kind of action adventure movie set in a a post-apocalyptic zombie world and the zombies are there and they are treated as violent and dangerous but they're almost used more mechanically um as like a i, I was i've even played this game but it was making me think of days gone a little bit which and the reason why i was thinking of that is because whenever they showed that game off like one of the, the key elements was is okay so you've got these hordes of zombies that move quite quick one of the things they showed off in the game was that uh, you, you know, if there's a gang of, like, you know, bad, you know, humans that are dangerous and you're trying to, like, sneak around them, mm. one of the things you could do is you could attract the horde of zombies to the bad guys. You could, you know, set off mm. a noise or or um, open a gate of zombies and sort of, like, have the zombies deal with them and sort of use them as a tactical measure. And there's actually quite a bit of this, that in this movie where uh, the, the various characters, especially the ones who are used to being in this, this uh, you know, Peninsula Quarantine are very adept at using tricks and skills and I, I you know me i love i love rules i love mechanics and <laughs> using what they've learned in previous movies and it's not so much what they learned in the first movie because you know it's a new bunch of characters but this idea that they use lights and they use noises to either like just get the zombies away from them to you know make them a problem for the enemies or do simple things like that mechanically all that stuff is really fun so even though it doesn't necessarily use the zombies in a straight up like horror fashion all the time it does mm -hmm. at some points so there's definitely points where there's like you know the opening's very much classic horror zombie stuff and then there's some yeah. key moments here or there um but it definitely goes into just being no this is this is a, an action movie set in a horror world um yeah and i think That's it's a good way to put it yeah and I, and I think it succeeds at doing that a, a fair bit it's maybe 
I, I agree that it, it goes to try and make you care about the, the emotions of the characters. It tries to give you this emotional thread. I don't think it achieves it to the same extent as the first one, but I still think it does a decent yeah. job of it. It is a touch melodramatic in places where it goes really <laughs> over the top with the, the, the emotional music and it. Like, and I like it, but it's maybe a bit much. Just a little bit right. overplaying the hand. Yeah, and uh, if you know, we, we uh, remember the first one. Um, they do have that like little bit of the the mechanic where like the yeah, like they can't really see in the dark. But uh, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, because I even though I love the first one, I haven't gone back and watched it, so like my memory is not great. But it only really played like uh, it was only like one small part of that movie, right? It was there was a big set piece where they had to try and sneak past like a train, yeah. you know, a train car full of full of the zombies. Um, Whereas here it's used very mechanically where all the characters are aware of this and they're constantly using it to their advantage or, you know, yeah, this, which, this. yeah, like, which uh, I think is cool that it's like, um, yeah, because I think that was like a really cool, like memorable part of the first one. And then here they just expand upon it so much and like find, um, you know, like different ways to incorporate it and, um, you know, like, like you were kind of saying, like the different ways like characters can you know either work around it or exploit it for like their own you know personal gain and there's a yeah actually like a lot of really fun stuff uh that they do with that yeah i mean if i have another complaint it would maybe just be that there's a lot of cg in this one um Mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of stuff where you know there's a lot of car racing and driving throughout the city (laughs) which is uh you know again a post-apocalyptic version of a city so a lot of the screen is cg a lot of the cars racing around is cg and a lot of the you know big hordes of zombies running also cg and that stuff does it's kind of in this weird middle ground where i actually think it looks good enough where i'm, I'm i can enjoy the movie with it but i also it clearly looks like cg when it, whenever it does it um so i, mean, I don't know how you there, feel about this there this might be a little hard to explain but i feel like there is a a charm to this uh <laughs> whereas like you know what i mean where i feel like if because of the movie because you know it's it's like you know maybe like a a lower budget or you know maybe it's kind of like a cheesier over the top action movie i'm a a bit more okay with it versus like you know if we saw this in a marvel movie or something i feel like we'd be complaining about it more you know well yeah because a marvel uh, movie has no excuse it's like a you know 200 million dollar it should should look immaculate with the money they're spending on it exactly yeah but like uh, here yeah it it doesn't really bother me like i I get what you're saying yeah it, it definitely is noticeable but um i i think again yeah because of the movie you're kind of along for the ride and also um like the stuff they're doing is so like entertaining and over the top that mm-hmm. you know you kind of don't really care as much <laughs> no it didn't, it didn't take me out of it, especially since it is doing a lot of really wacky stuff uh that yeah. for the most part is, is is fun um you know we have the, the setup of the characters which is our, our main character is young he he is he was a soldier, and we see when they're evacuating uh, Korea during the initial outbreak, he basically saves his sister's family, so his sister plus her husband and her kids, and gets them to a boat. But there's a zombie outbreak on the boat, his sister's family dies, with the exception of the husband, you know, the brother-in-law, if you will. And they have this kind of strained relationship where they're in... They've moved <coughs> to Hong Kong, and it becomes... Because well, one of the things that I liked about this was that it kind of... It didn't delve into it too much, but it kind of... It, it, and some of this felt shockingly kind of close to reality because of, you know, the mm-hmm. world in 2020. But uh, the idea of, like, 
like racism happening where people in like Hong Kong were looking, they were recognizing that these these guys were Korean and saying, "But you're from the peninsula. You 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 better not be infected." And starting to accuse them of like spreading diseases. And it was kind of like, "Oh, so they're they're, they're this mistreated." And we even hear that they're they've not even been officially classed as refugees yet. That's like an ongoing fight, mm. and that's part that's partly why they're so exploitable by this criminal to like send them in. Yeah. Uh, but they've got this strange relationship, and the brother-in-law is this kind of more cowardly character who uh, kind of always takes the the you know he he kind of wishes he died with his family, and he's he's mm-hmm. constantly uh, just sort of doing the most weaselly thing. He's he's not like hateable mm-hmm. by any means, but he's definitely very no. unconfident and very uh, just you know. Whereas our main character Jung, he he's very quiet and confident and you know. Uh, concentrated in whatever it is he's doing and he, 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 he thinks this is a terrible idea and he's essentially just going because i think he wants to look out for his brother-in-law because he feels responsible for him yeah. in some way um and that's the, the setup of her character so you know there's a lot of stuff there and of course there's those characters that we meet both good and bad in the the city itself um mm. but i think the setup is really fun because usually when it comes we, we come here and talk about a movie that's like almost two hours long which this is yeah um usually (laughs) that was a concern of mine going in like when i saw the runtime i was like oh boy i really hope this is good because if it's not you're gonna feel it (laughs) and because normally i'd complain about that in a horror movie but because this actually functions structurally more like an action like post-apocalyptic movie the runtime actually fits fine Uh, uh, i I never I, i never felt the length because there's so much like build up of the initial get into the city and like okay when are we first going to actually see something you know, it's just that aliens thing of you know arriving on the planet okay when's the first thing going to pop out and then you've got introduction of the characters the villains the world that they're in and then we set up the mechanics and okay this is the means of this is the end game and how the people are going to survive and get out and yada yada and everything always makes sense and there's so many characters doing different things that i never felt the runtime be a hindrance it it, it felt perfectly fine in its pacing yeah, and there's, like, so much different stuff going on that it never gets boring. Like, you know, like, the the whole prologue is, like, its own thing. And then, yeah, kind of like, you know, the the opening after that, like, uh, you know, getting ready for the heist and going into the city and seeing the zombies and stuff for the first time is, like, its own thing. And then, like, you know, characters getting separated and exploring, you know, those kind of different sides of, uh, you know, people and stuff. And then, like... Yeah, like the kind of final act, like with this huge car chase, like, you know, there's like all these different segments that, you know, it it never feels like it's just spinning its wheels or just doing the same thing over and over again. Or, you know, like, oh, we go to this point and there's a zombie attack. Oh, we go to this point and there's a zombie attack. Like, no, like they do like really interesting and like entertaining different stuff, like, you know, in each like segment of the movie. Yeah, um, I I will say that maybe the first movie had slightly better pacing. And I think it's just because the first movie was a constant escalation and a, a much more simple scenario. And it sounds weird to call it simple, but the zombies on the train in the first movie was this constant escalation of what the, the danger the characters were in and the problems they kept being kept encountering. This movie, because it's like got these different facets and it's got these like, this like enemy camp and it's got all these things that it's doing, it naturally sort of like has a sort of like a, a cooldown period in the middle, which the first one never really had. The first one was kind of just yeah. always the next thing um mm. it's a really minor difference but it's something that i think is worth mentioning and mm. I, I will say I, I appreciate that this is just completely different like it really it really is yeah. like <laughs> I, I, it's not it's not a, i mean I, I i made a small comparison to aliens a little bit ago i wouldn't say this is alien to aliens and because I, I don't think right. either one actually fits the, the 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 comparison but i would compare it only in the sense of the difference between the first and the second movie where it feels like this is like i don't know because 
And I was thinking this because in the opening of the movie, because a lot of the opening prologues on the boat, right? And I always think right. it was like how easy it would have been to just do like uh, boat to Busan, right? Boat and just, to Busan, and just yeah. have it be on the boat the entire time. Have it have it yeah. all be set on a if not that them on a plane or or maybe in a skyscraper. Like just take the same idea basically and do you know the the diehard like formula of saying okay we'll just do it in a different place, a different <laughs> mode of travel. We'll do it on a bus. Yeah. We'll do it on a scooter. Whatever. <laughs> But they didn't. They said, no, we want to do this, this you know, Escape from New York-esque movie. Um, yeah. And I'm someone, by the way, for the record, I you know, I'm bringing up Escape from New York a lot. I want to love Escape <laughs> from New York. I've never actually liked it that much, despite the fact that I love the premise. Mm. I love John Carpenter. I love Kurt Russell. I love the music. I think the movie's mm. actually kind of dull and doesn't fulfill on its promise. I, I, I would say this is better than Escape from New York, and that's probably really blasphemous to some people, but, you know. Uh... No, I mean, I, uh, I think I'm on mostly the the same page. Uh, I, like, I, I wouldn't say I, I definitely hate it by any stretch. No, but, no, uh, just. I, I think compared to like, yeah, I, I think compared to like, you know, other Carpenter stuff, it, it's mm. definitely lacking. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, I try to watch it every couple of years. Uh, because yeah, again, it's it's John Carpenter and Kurt Russell and you know uh snake Pliskin is like badass and you know yeah like the music the setting the atmosphere all is really really cool but then yeah when you actually sit down and watch it it's uh yeah it's just not doesn't go at i guess uh as good as you want it to be <laughs> but nah, it's just it's a little yeah. bit duller than i i expected you know whatever i heard of what escape from new york was um and I'm only saying that really to to point out that me referencing it a lot is not me saying that I hold it up as on, on a you know pedestal of something sure. that should be aspired to necessarily, but just that you know from a premise point of view, uh, there's yeah. the similarities there. So yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, as far as other stuff, spoiler free. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, again, it's it's a bit more cartoony than the first one. It's a bit more kind of let's have a lot of fun with this and have maybe a bit more comic booky style characters and, and ideas um so i i would say that because of that i don't think i hated the villains in this quite as much as i hated the villain in the first one because the villain in the first one sure is one of the Very most despicable <laughs> yeah like he's, he's so easy to hate like he's one of the most hated characters yeah. of any movie in the last 10 years and intentionally so um in this there's a couple of different villains that I think I, you know, I think they both work really well. One ends up being a little more hateful than the other one, uh, but they are, you know, they're a bit more cartoony. You know, one is definitely more of a Mad Max villain yeah. where he's yelling and screaming and like, you know, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's not actually drunk, but he's kind of the, the the angry drunk, you know, bad guy who's, yeah, yelling and whatnot. So, I, I think that works fine. I, and it's, it's it's these things where, you know, I, I, I when we get to the ratings, I, I think I'll be able to really pinpoint and say this this is where i put it next to the first one yeah. but i'll save that for then I, yeah I, I do think like it feels like the the bad guys do get maybe shortchanged a little bit like mm -hmm. um yeah be, because i think there is so much going on and like you know there's so much ground to cover uh that i feel like maybe you don't get enough uh like in in depth uh you don't go as in depth with them to like really i don't know, get an idea for you know their motivations and stuff other i mean they have like very simple yeah. motives it's you know again it's like cartoon saturday morning bad guy logic that's like 
very easy to understand. But yeah, like you said, it's it's different from the first one where it's like, um, you know, you have the bad guy that's like in the story pretty much, you know, like at the beginning, and you, you develop a really gross distaste for him. Uh, but uh, again, though, for the type of movie this is, uh, you know, the bad guys are effective in it, and you know, I enjoyed them, and then I also really like the the hero characters, like the, you know, this kind of like um. Uh, I, I guess kind of like this uh, family that we, you know, a, encounter, I think is really fun. Like the little girl is like really, you know, that she's like, you know, being very badass is like very charming and delightful. And then, you know, like the older sister and the mother, you know, gets like some pretty badass moments and the grandpa's funny. Uh, and yeah, like, like I, I really like following uh, all these people. That, that's another thing, actually, is the uh, the action, if you want to call it that. There's a, there's a lot of good moments in this where when defending against zombies results in the kind of a wonder where the you know jung the main character he will essentially have like really fun little sequences of like fighting back and like punching throats and sort of like ducking and shooting <laughs> you know diving shooting like it, it really it's not quite martial arts but it, it feels like it's very fluid and there's a lot of like really impressive movement and, and it happens a few times throughout the against both zombies and humans when when the occasion calls for it uh, and it always looks yeah, good. And, yeah, and I think you get that, like, from zo- the, the... I guess you're kind of just saying that, but you get that from, like, the zombies, too, which you don't see a lot. Like, there, you know, there are scenes where, like, the zombies are jumping on cars, and even in the opening scene on the boat, when that, like, you know, guy that's obviously infected mm. kind of first... It, it does like a uh, one arm handstand. It does like a one arm handstand and sort of flips yeah. up, and it looks. It, 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 that sounds like it should look weird because it's a zombie. It actually yeah. works really well in the context of the movie, and it, I would basically describe it. You know, we have fast zombies and we have slow zombies. I'd almost describe the zombies, and this is parkour zombies. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. And it, kind of, it, it actually works in a weird way. Because like, the, 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 it still looks unnatural the way he's moving, even though it's kind of this really fancy movie does. Uh, yeah. I don't know, it's weird. It's like he's and, contorting and whatever. Yeah, and, and I do love, like, just the idea, uh, which we really don't see, <laughs> I think, in, like, other zombie movies where... Yeah, they are actually fighting the zombies, so like pushing them off of them and like flipping them over and punching them. Which I, yeah, you know, I think I mentioned that in the first one because there's like that badass scene with the kind of the the jerky guy that you don't like, but then grow mm-hmm. to love. Who like, <laughs> I think just like straight up decks a, a zombie in like one scene. Uh, but I feel like you get that a lot here too, where you know most zombie movies it's just like shoot him in the head or hit him with a, a like a baseball bat or something. Like it's cool seeing people actually, you know, like fist fighting zombies. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's fun. Like <laughs> they know that to kill them, they have to shoot them in the head. But if that's not an option, yes, then fight back, push them yeah. away, like knock something on top of them so that at least they can be slowed down. Uh, there's a particularly great moment, I thought, uh, towards the end, which I'll, I'll just say that there's, inventive use of some car doors which i thought was really good oh yes yeah i love that love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's a lot of little inventive moments in this uh again tactically using the zombies so i, I think you know we'll, we'll yeah. probably give the spoiler warning in a second here i'll take this time to sure. thank our, our patreon producers at a time of recording like i said earlier we are recording these episodes way in advance because tim's going on paternity leave uh so this list may be a little out of date by the time this goes out but at the time of recording thank you to tyler hess cindy palisius david short board now al tribesman Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are Patreon producers for the month at the time of recording, uh, which means they are $20 or more on patreon.com slash TV, and you can go over there and support us for as little as $1 per month. And for that $1, you get access to the back catalogue of all the bonus exclusive episodes we've done on Patreon of streams, 
Um, those are on pause right now, but they'll be coming back uh, with new entries, uh, sort of late spring, give or take. Uh, but you can go and get the back catalogue of that. $5 or more, you get early access to all the episodes uh, by a day. So go and check that out if you're interested in supporting everything we do and helping keeping all the content coming. You can also, of course, uh, support us uh, with no money simply by hitting the like button, uh, subscribing, commenting, all those usual YouTube things. Uh, it may sound like it doesn't matter that much, but it actually does help YouTube promote us out and helps us find more audience members. So uh, please do. So, same uh, idea with rating the podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Uh, so if you're on iTunes, say five stars a little review uh those things go a long way so uh thank you very much uh, so full spoilers then for train to busan presents peninsula so yeah i guess we'll we'll dive in <laughs> um so yeah i mean if i have a if i complain plot wise it's just that it's a it's a little bit coincidental that the the family that at the start of the film oh, sure. you know Jung's driving by <laughs> with his family, and we have this this husband come up and say, "Hey, please drive us to the boat, please. I've not been bit, please." And he just doesn't want to trust them, right? He wants to help, but he just doesn't want to trust them. And <laughs> then the wife comes up with the, holding like a little girl and says, "Please, if you if you only take us, at least take my daughter. Please take take my daughter so she can get to safety." And he doesn't take her. And this, of course, ends up being like the mother and daughters he, he runs into in the in the city when he's in there. You know, four years later, uh, that's I mean that's a bit coincidental, and I'm willing to let it go because the characters are so much fun when we actually get to meet them. So yeah. it's fine. But and, uh, yeah, de- definitely a, a bit of a stretch. But at the same time, I do like what that ends up doing for his arc, where you mm-hmm. know by the end. Uh, you know, jumping ahead, obviously, quite a bit, but, you know, he, he kind of gets this, uh, you know, second chance where the mother's like, hey, take my, you need to take my daughters again. And, you know, he kind of fulfills, like, this thing that, you know, he was originally feeling guilty for. So I, I do appreciate the, you know, uh, thematic, like, circle that comes around with it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it does it pretty well, but the the, the dramatic arcs that it makes are pretty simple. Like, they're, they're pretty, yeah, you know, easily to, to say what they are and, and, and well-defined. Um, I don't want to say like generic necessarily. I think that's maybe a bit unfair, but it definitely sure, sure, sure. relied on a you know a, a strong established format <laughs> for how to yeah. give the character <laughs> this payoff. Um, but I, guess, you know, I, I really like the idea of like these characters once they have been uh, you know evacuated to Hong Kong and that they are mistreated and they are in this place, but they they can't like be legally classed as refugees so they're in this really weird gray area where they're they don't really belong anywhere and there's a lot of english in this movie because obviously our korean characters speak korean uh in hong kong they're not really speaking korean typically so the language they share that they use is typically english so there's actually a lot of english in this movie uh, and i wonder if that was an intentional decision because the first movie did quite well internationally that they I... wanted to have a bit of english in there yeah i was, I was thinking about that uh, as well um yeah, I'm not sure, and and I do think that uh, that I, I do think English is kind of big in um, I think Korea and, and probably Hong Kong too. Like mm. I think, yeah, uh, it, like like in most other places in the world, they actually learn multiple languages, like <laughs> us. But um, yeah, so so it's not surprising, but yeah, it, it is always like a yeah weird like when you're yeah watching and then all of a sudden someone starts speaking in english and you're like oh hey wait a minute uh yeah because there's, there's a but, whole there's a whole recap at the start explaining the state of the world mm-hmm. it's like a news show and there's like a guy on the show mm-hmm. talking about what's happened in korea and this is all in english this is like an american tv show that's being used to to yeah. show all this and 
I, I was. This is a bit weird. That they're they're really aiming this so hard at uh, English speaking audiences. But it does serve a purpose a little bit in, in premise in the sense that it shows the reaction of the rest of the world to this disaster and, yeah. you know, what everyone else thinks of it. And even later on, the UN gets involved with something. And so it, it does kind of establish a lot of this stuff. Um, but I, I, I did feel a little bit of like a... Just a little bit of the intention behind it being like, okay, we want this to be even more like, you know, friendly to the English-speaking parts of the world because it did, you know, the first yeah. movie did so well. Uh, that maybe they wanted to, to, to just care to it's in the same way that some movies in Hollywood now are putting in some like Chinese characters because yeah, they know that movies are doing really know. well in China uh, it feels yeah. like maybe like a, a sort of flip side <laughs> of that kind of uh, in some yeah. ways so and yeah no totally and uh, and I don't know I mean I, f- I feel like most of if not all of this movie was probably done pre like quarantine and everything oh, yeah but, all of it because we, we got the trailer for this way back like yeah, early in the it, year so yeah yeah it, it's funny though like just how like you know relevant uh this stuff feels and um yeah and then like you know like you're saying uh in the beginning before how these people are like yeah being like looked down upon and um you know there's like a prejudice against them and you know they kind of like uh hit home and then like um you know, me and my wife were talking about because you know she's like uh you know like her family's chinese and uh you know like i don't think you get it as much anymore but like there was kind of like a real fear uh we had like at the beginning of quarantine that like um you know like a lot of people were like you know blaming like the chinese uh for the virus and like you know like uh sometimes we would get like a little nervous like you know if we have to go out somewhere and we're walking around and like you know, you don't know what asshole you're going to run into and stuff. So, uh, uh I, I thought this like, you know, it, it's, and it's not like a huge part of the movie. Like it, you know, it's, uh, you know, you don't really, uh, come back to it like too much, but I still thought this opening bit was like effective. And I think especially now with everything going on, like really kind of hit home. <laughs> yeah. That's what made me think of when, when those random guys in the restaurant start yelling, Hey, they guys are from the peninsula. Like get away from them. They're yeah. probably sick. Um, despite the fact that clearly the zombie virus like works right. within hours like you know like the, yeah. this is years later uh and there's yeah. nothing go- wrong with anyone uh, but yeah no that's what made me think of it made me think of like you know back then. I, I remember like reading something like someone was worried about ordering chinese food back in like april because i thought oh what, sure, if, yeah. what if it has something and i'm like what you think the people work at the chinese takeaway <laughs> uh like how, how did they get yeah. it exactly well, you know any more lately than anyone else got it i should say because obviously tons of people were getting exactly. it by that point but um yeah it's just this weird impulse like oh you sh- you share a commonality with where this virus orig- originated from therefore i'll assume that you have it despite the fact that that is yeah scientifically just not like it doesn't make sense it yeah, and as we know, people of. love listening to science. Oh yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but that, that, yeah, that's, t- that's totally what it made me think of, and it made me, it gave me that sort of feeling. Like, oh man, that's, that that hit, that hit a card because it feels very realistic yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a way. Because this movie is not realistic in the sense that you know, once it gets going, it is it's an adventure, you know, cinematic movie with you know physics yeah. that don't necessarily stick to logic in real life, <laughs> it, it, you right. know, and that's okay. That's the type of movie it is. But that little bit at the start made me go, ooh. I felt that yeah. <laughs> in my bones a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they're being exploited. Um, and they're told to go on this mission. There's four of them. 
including the brother-in-law, and Zhang's brought in for it. And they're told that, you know, the boat will stay near the shore for, like, three days, uh, and they have to call them on the satellite phone when, the, when they're ready and they've got the money. Uh, this is where the van should be, so, you know, we get them driving there, and, you know, everything's derelict, and they do it at night, of course, because nighttime the zombies are blind. They're, they're sensitive to noise and light, so as long as you go in quietly at night, you know, shouldn't have much of a trouble. Um, I did think there was two key things that I think they emphasized just to sort of like tie it to the original film, but you know, beyond just the, the rules of the zombies being the same, is that there was a there was a definite intentional like overhead shot of like a, a train station at one point. I thought they really mm. like it just stuck out because I was like, oh, you're really emphasizing that train station uh, <laughs> in this shot. Uh, the other one, though, is, is again, that there's a really cool moment uh, when they're looking for this van where Zhang goes up to, and it's basically, it's like the entrance to a train station. It's one of those big kind of like where all the escalators are, like going up to, you know, the overpass so they can, so you can get to the train station. So it's the sort of the glass diagonal, uh, you know, walkway stuff, right? So right. where all the escalators are. Um, and he goes up and he can't see anything. And then when he actually goes up and uses the night vision, you can see that inside this glass that's been barricaded all off, they're, they're literally just, the zombies just packed in the glass like sardines. Like, they're all the way up to the yeah. top. Um, and I didn't necessarily think this was going to come back later. It ended up being Chekhov's uh, <laughs> hoard because it was yeah. used very effectively towards the end of the movie. But uh, this was one of these things where I'm like, oh, okay, the, the, the build to the zombies appearing is, is quite good here. And everything goes pretty smoothly. Where they get the money back, everything's fine. Um, outside of them accidentally pressing a car horn at one point, uh, <laughs> like idiots. But um, yeah, <laughs> but that's when the humans came in. That's when these flares came in and they're attacked. Jean gets away though because uh, uh, this car pulls up and it's the two two girls. It's the teenage girl and the little girl who and the, you know the teenage girl turns out is actually a very good driver and she is like darting around. She's skidding around corners. She's like ramming into zombies uh very very effective really fun little sequence uh of all this uh, and then the little girl which i, I actually kind of like this just uh, it's a really silly thing but the idea that the little sister is really good with remote control cars because it's the small version of a real car and she's the little sister i don't know there's something really satisfying about how simple that that is but they're in a tunnel and there's like zombies towards the end of the tunnel like, okay how do we get through this and they've got a plan. The little the little sister puts out a, a little toy car, but it's got like a little disco ball on top of it and like a little speaker. Mm-hmm. And it's basically designed to attract zombies and she starts driving it around. And there's even like a little bit of comedy where it, she sort of <laughs> crashes it right next to their car and her sister's like, really? Like right, right outside the, ca- <laughs> the car door. It's like, it was not my fault. The, the, the ground's uneven. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the little sister character. I think she's like very charming. I love how she like, uh, she's like very competent and badass and i love like she just has this like disaffected attitude where she's like ah, I, I guess you need my help huh all right let's do this <laughs> and uh yeah I, I just thought uh you know she was a delight and then uh yeah the, the big sister too I, I thought you know i i love um yeah just how like capable and badass they are <laughs> yeah it's um they're very likable very quickly uh, the way they banter yeah. off each other, the way they talk to Zhang, which, you know, actually, it gives the moment where he realizes when he, because when he sees the mother and he recognizes her, and that's when he knows who this is, that he left them behind. Um, and he feels that guilt. I think, I think it has almost a bit more <laughs> sting to it because the characters are so likable. Because it's like, oh, hey, these two yeah. kids are actually very capable. They're very charming. 
and they saved his ass and he didn't save them when he had a chance a long time ago yeah uh so it has this thing where uh and he he, he tells because he starts having like nightmares thinking about it and he, so he tells quite quickly uh, relatively speaking the mother like hey like i you know I, I ran into you in the road and i left you behind and she's like well you're my daughter's now for saving your life um and also yeah. there was like 30 cars that passed us by and not one of them stopped and I like that they uh, actually bring this up like rather quickly because I feel like other movies this would be a long drawn out thing and you know he would keep maybe like feeling guilty about it and then it would like come up and like you know the final scene and then like you know the mother would like you know be pissed at him and, but then like they'd have to come together again and forgive each other and I like there's just like no we're not going to draw this out it's like yeah he admits it right away and then um, it's not like you know she, she's obviously like kind of angry about it but you know it's not like a typical movie thing where it's like well i hate you now like we're gonna get separated and then come together you know the next act and real and forgive each other you know it's like no just a very like all right well i guess thanks for telling me but here's the way things are like you know we gotta yeah, like, just keep going <laughs> there's an awkward tension after this it's, it's you know, clearly she's not she's not like super happy about him or anything but it's like no we've yeah. got stuff to do things are dangerous i don't have time to like be petty or i mean not it would be petty per se but i don't have time to wallow in this or be mad at you <laughs> any more than just sort of a normal amount so let's just get on with this and it becomes this thing where obviously he tells them about the satellite phone and that if they can get to the dock with the money this boat will come and pick them up and we could get, you know we can all leave we just have to go get the phone and that's when he you know he, when he explains what happened to them and who was there uh, she's like, okay, I know who this is. I know who this base is. You know, this is the place where they have been before. And so of our first main bad guys, uh, I'll just, because they've got rank, so I'll just call him the sergeant. Uh, he's kind mm-hmm. of your just sort of erratic, like loudmouthed, who's like yelling. He, he kind of ma- really comes across as a Mad Max bad guy. He feels like a like a the, the leader the leader of like a set of raiders in Mad Max or Fallout or something yeah. like that. Um, and who, honestly, I thought would end up being the main bad guy but he is kind of more of this uh, the second tier bad guy like the yeah it's yeah. he's more dangerous for it to a point but then it kind of flips mm-hmm. and someone who i wasn't even sure if he was going to be a bad guy at first like the other guy the captain Me too yeah uh but then obviously by the end he ends up being even worse because he of what he tries to do but the captain who uh my wife kept referring to as uh steve harrington <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I think if you look at them like side by side, I think they kind of have like there's a, there's a resemblance there. I think especially in the hair. Uh, you think he's got far the far faucet hair? You think he's got a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's got like a little jacket on though. He's actually about to kill himself the first time we meet him. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's like there's a guy with a crutch who's walking around too. So it turns out like the captain's kind of in charge of like distributing food to this like base, which seems to have at least like a hundred people in it, if not more. Um, yeah, and the guy with the crutch Ooh, is kind of I, his... they don't specifically say it, but I think it's all men. It looks like all men, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like because that was one of the things that I was thinking about is that the the you know the you know the mom character she she mentions that they've been there before and left because it wasn't pleasant, and I'm like, yeah, like there's like no women there, like so like how how nasty yeah. was this? Like what was it like? And did all the women get driven away? Were they killed? Like what exactly is the the, the context here? Um, I, I kind of want to know, but at the same time, I feel like it, the, the answer might be a little too dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's best. If the movie didn't want to go down that dark subject, then maybe yeah. it's, it's best to leave it. But 
Uh, but there's this guy with a crutch as well who's kind of like uh, the lackey of the captain who is, is important in the sense that it shows us how villainous the captain is later on in the movie when the captain just shoots him without thinking about it. Um, yeah. And it's just a moment of like annoyance. It's... Uh, and it doesn't come across as out of nowhere either. It, it feels kind of like it feels like his character is kind of like. I, I think the opening time, the first time you see him when he's about to kill himself, it kind of maybe comes across like almost incorrectly as like, oh, maybe we should feel sympathy because he's at this breaking point. And when he, because when he like discovers this satellite phone, because there's two satellite phones, and one of them is in the back of the van with the brother-in-law, who you know, once they discover him, he's put into their their weird like gladiator games we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> but uh <laughs> when he discovers the phone and he realizes that he can maybe get off the out of the city and get you know get out of here and go to hong kong it's like oh maybe he's going to end up teaming up with the heroes maybe he's going to be a good yeah. character because he also wants to go away well I, I mean the thing that kind of drives me crazy about this is like i feel like there's no reason why they had to be fighting like th- like there's plenty of room on the boat uh I, you know, can't all the characters just say, like, like, I mean, unless it's about, like, sharing the money or whatever, but, like, you know, these characters, instead of, like, trying to fight one another, can they be, like, it's like, hey, I know you hate me, but at the same time, let's not fight. Like, we all just want to get out of here. Like, let's just go. Yeah, I, I, which, I, actually, which actually I makes, like, makes me think of uh, the, the, the captain. He's shown to be quite capable and smart because he even, he only goes looking uh, for this phone because... It occurs to him, it's weird that they were transporting what is useless in this, you know, in in South Korea right now, money is worthless. It doesn't matter. So if they're transporting money, you know, he's smart enough to realize that that means they're probably got a way off the the country because why, you know, where else would they be going with it? It it doesn't have any value here. So I like that. Especially it's it's US money too. Like it's, which probably even more useless. (laughs) <laughs> true i i don't know if the, the denomination is uh or the the currencies super important and yeah. <laughs> in, in the I context mean, of the world but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean I, I guess like i mean any money in general you can exchange it so it's still valuable but yes still <laughs> yeah it's something that i discovered i mean tara were reviewing a time after time i think that movie's called uh earlier this year yep. and i yep. discovered that like all old currencies are still exchangeable in a bank for modern like money. I did not know that. Really, okay. I, I I assumed that there was like a you know like a you know once you were past a certain date that like no that this currency's not been used in like fifty years. You can't just yeah. exchange this anymore. But no, it turns out it, it is still legally exchangeable. Although notably, uh, you probably get more money you know selling it as a collectible coin now than you would just sure. exchanging it for you know money in the bank. But. Uh, still uh that blew my mind so i just thought i'd mention that anyway what were we talking about yes the villain the, the captain and whatnot so he he gets the phone and he's basically plotting to run off in the middle of the night with the guy with the crutch to to go to the boat not knowing that anyone else is going to go there the brother-in-law we get his horrible experience he's like begging he's like hey we can get off the we can get out of the country i'm not from here we can get out of here and he's spray painted with a number he's put in a cell with like you know a dozen or so other guys who have all been like put in here with spray painted numbers on them and they're released into it's actually because i was paying attention to this that their base is a mall um uh, which maybe in and of itself okay. is a reference to you know dawn of the dead or something but um mm-hmm. their, their arena as they call it is just like the foyer of a mall where it was like a pond and they're uh yeah they're just they're just carted out into this into this area 
and then they release zombies and see how long some of the people can survive with no weapons, with no way to defend themselves. And this is the thing that was in the trailer where there's like a like a like a mass of zombies that are creating like one kind of big shape, yeah. like this big blob of zombies. And yeah, it's kind of sad that it doesn't really do much with it past just sort of the opening like, oh hey, look how insane this looks, and it doesn't yeah. really do anything else with it, which is kind of weird. But. I feel like I feel like you needed one more thing about it, like you know maybe like once all hell starts breaking loose, maybe just see it like leaving the compound and like. You know, I, I don't know, mm. just like following someone or something, like because it, it is such a big, wild, crazy thing, and I don't know. Maybe it is more effective uh, to have it used sparingly, but y- you can't look at it and not want more. <laughs> as as weird, you don't, get, you don't get a big payoff with it, like where it kills like one of the bad yeah. guys or something. Yeah, uh, it, it would make a lot of sense, but uh, so we see how just have an, an awful time he's having, and how they're all like like just like screw- when they get let back into like the cage after the first round. They're all just fighting over a few sandwiches that the guys, like the guards, thrown in the the door. So it's this yeah. vicious, nasty thing, and the whole time it's not even like sandwiches. I think it's like ramen. So like not even like yeah, you can't even like cook it or anything. Oh, it's just it? like okay. dry noodles. Yeah. Uh, but while this is all going on, the main character is young. He does not know that his brother-in-law is still alive mm-hmm. because that's something that comes because when when they gear up and they're going into the 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 base mm-hmm. to steal the truck, get the money, get the phone and go to the go to the the docks uh he hears that there's another phone from the guy with the crutch because they hold him at gunpoint and he's like no there was a guy in the back of the van with the thing and he hears from like some guards talking that like there's that that scrawny guy from the truck he's doing well in the games so that leads to a big kind of i mean the movie at this point basically never lets up this is where things just start you know rocking and never never slow down uh there's so much good stuff in here where the brother-in-law does die, unfortunately, but he yeah. he he does get to like have his moment where he gets courageous before he does, and he like you know he, he finally grabs the gun, he finally f- stands up for himself and fights back. Uh, so he gets his moment, which is really nice. But even before that, when when Zhang like jumps in in the middle of the games, because and you can see it coming because there's like a zombie flying at uh the brother-in-law in slow motion. He's about to die, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously Zhang shoots him in the head. One of my favorite parts of this, though, is obviously the bad guys that all start freaking out because of some intruder, like, in, you know, interfering with the games. Zhang throws a smoke grenade in the air and shoots at it so they can't see them anymore. And it's just these little things, it's these little tactical things. It always feels like the character's making smart moves and trying to find yeah. ways of getting around both the zombies and the humans. Um, so... What's a... Yeah, I, I like that it's like uh, it makes sense and it is tactical, but it also just l- really looks cool. <laughs> like it just makes mm. it for like interesting visuals and stuff. Uh, and like, yeah, like seeing all that kind of like smoke disperse and then people running around. And yeah, it's really great because they don't have guns on them at first. They have to all go get guns then. By the time they got the guns, the smoke bombs went off and they're like, OK, where the hell is he? Um, yeah. And at least like a really good action sequence after the brother-in-law dies where Zhang like grabs the gun and like essentially has like a, almost a John Wick-esque sequence of him going around like just killing a bunch of the bad guys uh yeah uh, and some of the zombies it's it's a really fun uh fun little beat uh yeah and uh and i do like the uh you know stuff between the um you know the, the sergeant and the uh the captain uh where like yeah one of their like biggest concerns like when the captain and like his you know lackey or whatever are getting ready to leave is like well how are we going to deal with the sergeant because there's like this kind of tension between them and you can tell that like yeah they don't like each other and i like that the sergeant is um like a 
you know, like like I said before, like kind of like a very over the top, very like screamy, uh, like violent guy. But at the same time, they do recognize like he's clever though. Like he's gonna know something's up. Like he he's not like yeah, you know, just because he, he seems like an idiot, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. He clearly like is suspecting that like he doesn't like the idea that anyone's colluding against him, and that's what he's kind of worried about mm-hmm. with uh, the captain and his lackey. And you know, he's like, hey, you know, why are you being nice on the user? It's all it's almost like the captain. Mm-hmm. And an effort to appeal that everything's normal before he makes a run for it is being a little suspicious. And the cat yeah. and the, the sergeant's like asking all these questions about it. And then the lackey shows up, he's like, Wait, do you always come and visit him? And then he has a moment where he's like, Wait a minute, are you two a thing? Um and I was a little bit worried it was about to make a like maybe like make like a, a dodgy joke or something like that. Yeah. But he actually doesn't. He just uh kind of smells goes, All right okay yeah. and he just leaves he's like you have yourselves a hot time in english yeah. for some reason <laughs> yeah. and then i yeah that actually made, made uh me and my wife laugh quite a bit and then, but at the same t- time though we were like you know good for him like he's he seems like very accepting like you know and, and it probably makes sense like you know with everything going on there's probably like you know no you know if if any women are around it's probably not that much like it seems like it's mostly guys there so it's like yeah, maybe it's a, a sign of the times that they're just like, hey, do what you got to do. But yeah, I, I do like that, you know, he doesn't really seem that upset or bothered by it. Yeah. All right, so you're saying it's prison-esque is what you're, what you're getting. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't I don't know if that's uh, if, if that's maybe why they're a little cool with it, because like, hey, you know, do what you got to do. But um, or, or maybe he is just, you know, a modern guy that's OK with you know, the times. Uh, it worked well as a joke, because I, th- I thought I was maybe going to make a joke that I didn't like, but actually the joke right. of it just being that he's actually okay with it and leaves is yeah. actually <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so this is all going on. Um, the the uh, you know the, the the captain ends up in a gunfight because you know he knows the 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 mum and they they kind of exchange a few words, and when he's trying to leave and they take his phone, uh, she has some with the car or the van. And he's left there, and that's why, in a really cool way, like the way she kind of backs up and then like turns real quick. Yeah, drifts all into him. Yeah, I'm I'm not much of a car guy. Like, I don't really care about Fast and the Furious. I know people love it. Whatever. I I watch a few of them, and it's like, all right, I I get why this is kind of like over the top fun, but doesn't really do much for me. But I mean, I loved all the car stuff in this movie. (laughs) Like, it was a like really entertaining. It was like an extension of how fluid they treat the the, the human movement as they sort of extended it to the cars and the action sequences. Um, But that's so they left the the captain here sort of injured, and he kind of then is ignored because all then we're dealing with all the action stuff with the sergeant Mm -hmm. and all the stuff going on with all the zombies and the shooting and all this is cutting back and forth. <clears throat> he it becomes this dangling thing where I was kind of like he knows where they're going he knows what docks are going to so I was kind of mm-hmm. I was waiting the entire time for him to pop up by the end uh, which he does uh, of course when he does get up off the ground he shoots the guy with the cane or with the with the crutch yeah. um, which you know just to show is like okay he, like up until this point it's like arguable that maybe he's not such a bad guy and maybe he, he can make a deal with them and they don't have to be enemies mm-hmm. although it is worth mentioning like her reaction to him is like she doesn't even think he is worth negotiating with, which maybe gives you an indication of the backstory without going into it too much. I felt like there was maybe something yeah. missing in there that they, they they cut out of the script or something like that. They cut well, out of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't want to say like this is necessarily like a complaint, but there I do have like a lot of questions. Like, yeah, I want to know what their backstory is, and I think at one point the um 
like the sergeant and stuff, I, I think like when they captured the people or whatever, they refer to them as like wild dogs. So like I kind of I want to know what the society is and are are there more like you know people that are free roaming the streets like are you know and are they constantly like you know kind of corralling them and capturing them like uh, it's a minor complaint because you know the story does i guess doesn't really need to just stop and explain stuff to you but they are these are definitely like questions that i have is there a thing where i wonder if there's a, a director's cut with an extra 10 15 minutes that just sure fleshes out some of this stuff a, a little touch uh but now we get this insane sequence where it's after this because we, we come from this to just like the action go on inside with all the gunfights and uh jung just going you know bananas basically uh but <laughs> then just as he's about to actually meet his maker uh again and this is a moment where you kind of like feel for the characters a little bit and endears you to them is that the mum comes in so like she she backs the van in and saves them and keep in mm -hmm. mind that he left her four years ago so like yeah. her actually going out of her way to save him in this scene when she could have just driven off is actually quite a big deal for her character i think that makes you like her it makes you kind of like yeah okay maybe she's doing this because she she wants to make sure that he's also there to protect her daughters and she she, need, she knows she yeah. needs some backup and she can't do it alone there's reasons to maybe like sort of logic it out a little bit in your head but i i do think it is a nice moment that you know she she's she goes to, goes there for him um and as this is all going on, all the noises attracting zombies. There's like hordes coming towards the building. Uh, so this is why then, you know, the, the teenage girl who's with her grandfather, who's not even mentioned the grandfather yet, we'll talk about him in a bit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and with her little sister in the other car, they come swooping in to help them. And we get this insane car chase where we've got, you know, we've got Zhang and the mom in the van with the money, and we've got the girls and the grandpa in a car and they're being chased by the entire and this was very mad max because it's just like fury road almost where they've got like a fleet of their vehicles that some of them have got spotlights yeah. on them some of them have got other like things on them and they're coming after them and it's just this insane like race throughout the city to get to the docks um one of my favorite little things in this section that i absolutely loved is there's a sequence where the the teen daughter's driving uh, and she's going like down like a really narrow road and there's like a bad guy car chasing after them and mm -hmm. she does this thing where she like she's it's just a straight road she pulls out some night vision goggles and she looks to see if she can see any zombies and she sees some um like you know and like an alley to the side to the left say and she basically does this thing where she drifts past the alley and like <laughs> turns on her headlights to attract yeah. the zombies and then you know sort of skids all the way around and keeps driving so that the zombies come out and like come in front of the other car and it's just this little like again it's i was talking about the, the tactical use of the zombies and how like just like them using the light and the noise to yeah. attract them to like get in front of the enemies was really good and then obviously the big example of it is when uh Zhang, like shoots the 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 as i said Chekhov's horde inside the, the train <laughs> station entrance where they all pour out into the main sergeant cars like place and that's how he dies but yeah uh, delightful and uh yeah, no, I, I really love that scene. And then I don't know if I really completely noticed it at first, but yeah, like the cars that are driving, uh, they don't. It, it's at night and they don't have their lights on because yeah, like the lights attract the zombies. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't think it's something I was paying much attention to, but when we do get this scene and like once she notices the horde and then uh, yeah, the lights come on and kind of like, you know, 
flicks in your head what she's doing it's like so cool and badass and you're like oh and and just the way it's filmed is like really good too it's kind of like you know everything slows down you see like yeah. kind of the lights in the zombies eyes and it's it's a good just a slow motion. One of the things we've critiqued a lot in Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is just the gratuitous, <laughs> like, you know, we're trying to be cool slow motion. This was an example of, no, the slow motion's here not to look... I mean, it does look cool, but that's not the main purpose of it. The main purpose of the slow motion as she, as she drifts past this alleyway and puts the lights on is to, like, give you that second to realise what she's doing because it completely makes sense in your head. and that, yeah. It just clicks in that moment. And that that's where... I, I often talk about movies, like, when they... You know, they can ex- over-explain things to you or you can have to try and figure it out yourself and neither one of those is super satisfying. When it's at its yeah. best is when it's a handshake where the movie gives you enough but you have to reach in and shake the hand. And that's what this moment that's is. True, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's giving you just the start of it and then it lets you click in your head before the actual payoff happens and that's what makes it satisfying. Uh, it's really good. In fact, one of the things, the villains eventually, before obviously before the sergeant dies when there's still quite a lot of vehicles, he eventually says, all right, because they start shooting flares at one point, and because it is so dark and everything is sort of, you know, grungy and blue and whatever, every time there's like one of these orange flares, it really stands out and looks good on the on yeah. the screen. And then eventually they turn on the big spotlights. And it, I thought this part of the movie looked gorgeous. Like, see, see when, like, there was, like, yeah. a shot of zombies and there's just this harsh orange light hitting them? Now, admittedly, I was watching it in 4K HDR, so I'd be better a bit of advantage here, but it did look really stark and different to everything else up until that point. It, you know, it almost looked like daylight hitting them, even though it wasn't. Uh, yeah, uh, it was all very pretty stuff. I, I, I thought that's like because that's like a good fifteen minute like extended car chase se- sequence. I thought it was all wonderful. Yeah, no, no, it, it absolutely like every uh, you know bit of it works, and they you know I find like a lot of different you know things to do to to keep it interesting and like yeah, there's a lot of stuff I I like like the. You know, like most, a lot of the cars are kind of like armored up and stuff. So it kind of feels like, oh, like what, what damage can a zombie really do? But then I love when you see just like, yeah, a big giant horde, just like there's so many zombies that just like stops the car dead in its tracks. I I think it's when, because the van gets stopped dead and they're basically running out of bullets to fend them off coming through the windows. I think Mm -hmm. that's when the teen daughter shows up in the car to like attract them away from them and sort of like save the day. It was, it was kind of like a, yeah, like she was swooping in to save them kind of, kind of idea. Mm But again, using the lights and the noise and the, you know, all, all, all these other things that they've got at their disposal, uh, yeah. because the noise and the lights ends up being like more of a tool against the zombies in this movie than than what the guns ever are. Like, I mean, they're used. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but mm-hmm. they're they're so effective in this that, uh, it's really good. And it becomes this game of like who can play the zombies against the other, like effectively. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but they get to the the docks. The they've, they've called it in, and. Mm-hmm. This is like a uh, man, like, and th- there was so much like tension uh, before this, like with like the big chase and everything. And then this moment is so quiet and like, yeah, I just turned to my wife and I was like, ah, th- like this just feels too quiet. Like I, yeah. I want, I want him to be safe and have a happy ending, but you know, this is just feels like too safe for the moment. Yeah, the captain, you know, comes in, uh, grabs the teenage daughter is willing to shoot her well he crashes like his car he does yeah it's a, it's a big shocking yeah. yeah sort of moment yeah but he he grabs the teenage daughter he's holding her at gunpoint and he's yelling whatever and it's a bit of a standoff the grandfather ends up sort of like using himself to shield the little girl because uh the, the, the little girl uses the the toy car the one that she was able to bring with her because she has a whole collection 
and she uses one to distract him. He ends up just firing the gun willy-nilly. The grandpa takes the hits to save the, the youngest daughter. Um, but he ends up running into the van to escape, like, everyone else. Uh, the mom gets shot in the leg here as well, actually, from... Uh, mm-hmm. And he drives off, and it's like... It's only, you know, it's only, like... I don't know, a minute away from like where the ship is, but now he's the one in the van and with all the money. He's the one who's driving to the ship. He's the one who's going to get on the ship now. Yeah. And also the uh, important to point out, so, you know, they're basically racing against time to get on the ship, but also racing against the sun. Like the sun is slowly coming up, which yeah, is yeah. when the zombies are going to wake up. And I mean, you know, they, they already might be a little staggering and attracted towards noise, but once the sun is fully up, you know, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, so it's this heartbreaking thing where he's driving towards, and they're, they're, they're close enough they can see him like arrive at the edge of the docks. They can see the ship, but now he's the one with yeah. the money. He's the one who's going to get get to go home. Except I have to admit, I was kind of thinking all movie like, why would these bad guys ever actually like live up to this and give them half the money? Like, sure. <laughs> like part of the reason why they pick these these people who are not been classed as refugees yet, who are essentially, I don't know, treated as these kind of unwanted like grifters <laughs> you know like yeah. because they're probably easily killable without really being questioned that much no one's really going to go looking for them um and so but it's, it's, it's quite satisfying though when they just kill the captain you know when he's like he's, he's all happy that he's made it onto the boat and they just shoot him yeah there and there and that's it i, I love that the captain gets his comeuppance uh but then i also love that these gangsters you know get what's coming to them too like yes. he's just like all right, I'm dead. Well, guess what? I'm backing this truck out <laughs> into the water and then like the, or back onto the dock or whatever. And then you have the zombies are coming in. It's like, oh, great. Everyone's getting what they deserve. Yeah, they get onto the boat. So they're, they're screwed too. <laughs> um, and throughout the movie, there's a couple of moments. So the grandpa, like when we meet him back at the like, the, the family's base and he's, he's like an old military guy, but he's a little bit cookie. Uh, he's always on the radio. He, see, he says he's been talking to a, a major Jane who's going to come and like get them out of the, the city and he sounds like he's just talking nonsense but he says that he told major jane that he's going to go to the docks like where they're going to be and it's kind mm. of this moment where as, as soon as they're left here and i'm like oh god this is such a, like they can't give me this dark ending where all of them are left yeah. behind in the city <laughs> i was like okay you know what major jane's going to be real that, that's what the saving yeah. grace is going to be and sure enough a helicopter shows up the un's there uh one of them is named jane <laughs> that's the one he's been talking to um but we have one I, big dramatic beat still to go of course yeah just uh, the one thing like with major jane though like i i don't necessarily mind that like she's real or whatever like I, again like you really do want these people to have a happy ending so i'm glad that she shows up but at the the same time though it is like a little unbelievable to me that's like all right uh so everyone just assumed the grandpa was crazy but like at no point anyone was around when like major jane was actually talking like at some point I feel like they would have heard her on the radio too, right? Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I maybe took it as they heard her talking, but didn't believe it was someone who was actually coming to help. That it was just someone in another oh, country okay. who was talking to him, and I don't know. Sure. Uh, but we have yeah, this very minor complaint, but it's like one thing I, I was thinking about. Yeah, we have this big, this big dramatic beat here though, because the mom can't go as quickly. Um. And I, I did question a little bit why, like, they have to run as quickly. Like, you know, can't he just help her hobble along and get there all the same? Right. But she says to yeah. <laughs> Zhang, like, you know, promise me, like, you know, you owe me, like, take my daughters, no matter what, get them out of here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, sure. And she kind of, like, ling- lingers behind and takes some shots at some zombies, but she ends up trapped in a truck. 
And the others get to, you know, Zhang and the kids get to the UN and they're hugging them and whatever. And the daughter's saying, no, we have to go back for my mom. And Jane's basically saying, sorry, but it's, t- it's too late. Like, you know, we can't. I, I will say, I- I- this is a very minor critique. It did cross my mind that it was a little bit weird that they could tell what the mum was doing in the car from that distance because it felt like they were quite far away yeah and they're all looking yeah. at her going no mom don't and i'm like but you can see she's about <laughs> to kill herself like i don't know it, it didn't seem like something they'd be able to see it's, from that distance but yeah it, it's kind of far but then also like yeah these aren't like super clean clear pristine like you know windows and there's kind of zombies crowding <laughs> the car so yeah that that's unbelievable and then this uh this whole scene like it maybe like a little corny but i do think it is effective uh but it did kind of drive me crazy like how drawn out it was because there's so much like back and forth between the mom and then the kid screaming no and then the mom and then the kid screaming and then like first of all it's driving me crazy where it's like all right why don't the un people say all right get these people on the helicopter so they're safe and then maybe see if we can just kind of they have guns and stuff maybe we'll just do a little bit of recon from a safe distance to see if we can help out, you know? Yeah, like, yeah they, well, they're, they're it, not willing to put themselves in danger. Ultimately, it's on Zhang, who has a flashback to what his brother-in-law said to him, like, you know, you should have let me die with my family. You didn't even try. You just kind of, yeah. like, gave in. And it kind of motivates him saying, no, I'm not giving in. I'm going to try, damn it. And he kind of swoops yeah. in as a hero, uh, shoots some of them off, gets her out of the truck. Um, one of the part that I was talking about with the doors <laughs> is that he, he kind of, as he's running away from the zombies... He turns around and just opens two of the car doors, which are sort of like, you know, like a meter apart. So when they're both open, they kind of make a little barrier <laughs> and the zombies kind of get stuck cool. for a minute. It's a really fun little beat. Yeah. Uh, but, it, it, but the whole thing, like they're running, she's in slow motion, she's hugging her kids and the music's swelling up. It's a little bit, just a little bit in the overly corny side. It's maybe a little too yeah. much, but it is, I like the characters well enough and I like his character arc well enough that I was still kind of happy with the, the outcome. I was happy with oh, what yeah, was definitely. going on. <laughs> Uh, it it does feel like it's going on so long though that like I was screaming in my head like do this on the helicopter like yeah <laughs> get plus, out of the, out of here plus just a simple idea that of course he he couldn't save like a mother and children at the start of the movie he's, yeah. he's able to do it at the end and that's kind of like your your big payoff and uh, the movie just ends yeah, with the helicopter you know leaving the city uh, it goes to credits and um and, you know it's I think it's a really entertaining movie with. And there's a lot of elements that I think work really well. They're not the best at what they do. I don't think mm-hmm. the characters are the best characters ever. I don't think the arcs are the most ingenious arcs ever either, but they're solid arcs. They're really likable characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action is very good. The The zombie stuff is really fun and mm-hmm. it's paced well. It looks good most of the time. Some of the CG is a bit spotty, but mm-hmm. uh, the villains work well enough. It could be a bit deeper. Like There's a lot of things here where I don't think there's very, a lot of things that aren't the best example of what they are but right. a, a lot of it's really solid across the board and then it creates overall the overall like some of the parts is a really entertaining movie which i think is really easy to get lost in and spend the two hours with yeah no i i totally agree i, I think there's plenty of stuff that you can kind of like you know point to and break down and say all right, well, maybe this doesn't work on a technical level or maybe more time should have been spent on this or this could have been deeper. But all that stuff aside, uh, yeah, like when you sit down and watch it, like I was sucked in from the beginning. And I mean, how many times have we complained about like 
yeah like a 90 minute movie feeling too long like yeah. i never felt the length of this i was like you know pretty engrossed the entire time and and yeah like maybe some stuff is a little uh again like you don't want to say generic or whatever but like yeah maybe just like a little uh simple or, or just like not maybe going like as deep as other movies might but it still works so well and like there's so much you know entertaining and good stuff there that it's just yeah it, it's really hard to complain about it too much even like yeah, even like the minor quibbles and stuff I had just seem very like you know, don't really contribute too much to the overall factor of this movie, which was just a yeah, just very, very entertaining. Yeah, it's just a, it's just very much a blockbuster type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um and some of the later elements that come along with that, but it's still doing it's still doing the fundamentals well enough. And yeah. Like I say, the mechanics of using the zombies is is a lot of fun. Uh, even something as simple of like like what is the mythology of this world now where the rest of the world is fine it's mm-hmm. quarantine korea uh just a lot of that setup and a lot of like the mythology around everything i thought was really fascinating to discover mm-hmm. and learn about and i think if they do make a third one you know there's a lot of scope for doing stuff whether mm-hmm. it's the zombies like break out and get to somewhere else or whether we have some you know something else i don't know uh, but there's, there's a lot of potential if they do want to do more and um not, totally. that, not that i think it needs any more necessarily but i'm down for more if they want right. to uh well i mean i I probably would have never said that they needed a second one yeah and, me too i mean I, I guess technically they don't need one but hey i'm glad that they did it um i, I guess technically they do have three because they have that like animated prequel that's one, true soul that's true. station uh which um maybe i have to go back and watch but i remember not being crazy about it when i watched it the first time but um at least I do like that each movie, though, is very different you know, yeah. from the other one. Uh, and this is the same director <laughs> as the first one. We didn't mention that, but yeah, Sang Ho Yoon oh, yeah. uh, uh, directed this as well as the first. And I think it's fascinating that it is the same director who said, no, I want to do something completely different, and I want to explore what the world is like now with this. And, you know, if this, mm-hmm. if you know, if the first one is your zombies on a train, so it's your almost diehard-esque zombie movie, and your second <laughs> movie is your Mad Max zombie movie, then mm. I'm fascinated by what the third one could be. Like, what, what what genre does he want to take from next? Like, what, yeah. you know, what is it? Like, does he? I don't <laughs> Especially because, like, yeah, there was like so many ideas in this. Uh, I feel it could have been like their own whole movie. Like, just the idea of like the zombie arena. I feel like, <laughs> you know, other people could have done like a like a whole movie about that. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the director definitely seems like he. It's not short on ideas, so I would yeah, be interested to see what, what else he wants to do. Yeah, um, it's why every idea I can think of is just a variation on one of the two things that they've already done. Like, I'm thinking, oh, what if someone like, needs to be rescued? But that's just kind of trait if it's uh, uh, Escape from New York style again, or Mad Max style again. Um, yeah. You know, that's not really that different from getting to get money and having to escape. It's just kind of the same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, zombies on any kind of building or, like, vehicle of any kind just feels like you're doing the first <laughs> one again. And I'd be okay with yeah. that, honestly. If they can give me an, a, another entertaining, you know, addition, like, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, I will say, I wouldn't mind if the main character of this comes back, though, because he's such a capable... Sure. Uh, yeah. Like, because the first movie doesn't have the action hero, because the main character in the first one is just a dad trying to protect his daughter. Whereas here, he's actually yeah. a badass. He's actually a John Wick in his way through the zombies, and it's like, ah, oh, it would make sense for me to for him to like show back up again and be almost recruited as like hey you're like you've got experience you're kind of a specialist in this now um yeah can you like you know 
do this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know. But, like maybe they go go full like conspiracy with it, and like oh maybe there's like the virus, like someone's trying to like actually spread it or something, and he has to go in and like yeah. I don't stop it. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, I mean I would yeah definitely be uh yeah interested in seeing uh really anything else uh they want to do. Um, one question I I did have, and again it, it's not important, but like. Um, this does take place four years later, and so one thing I was thinking about is, like, um, I don't know, do, do you think, like, would the zombies, like, starve in that time? Or, like, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe these are different than regular zombies where, like, th they don't decompose, or maybe they don't decompose, like, as fast, uh, as other zombies or something, but, I mean, after a while, they're gonna barely have any, any food source. Yeah, it depends how many people were still kind of surviving for a while. Um, but oh, this is something you can come back to in almost any zombie movie that's like set a while after the outbreaks happened, to be honest. True. It's, yeah. just, it's just one of these just constant things that we can just kind of accept. Uh, it's kind of like, how does Spider-Man <laughs> stick to walls when he's wearing gloves and boots? I don't know. Uh, he just does. <laughs> we just accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a, a very dumb minor thing, but just a, a question I had. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, it's a good time. Uh, I had a blast, and uh, I, I guess maybe if you just wanted the same movie again, maybe that's why some people are disappointed, or maybe they just don't yeah. like that it is just kind of like a Mad Max Escape from New York zombie movie. But mm. I, I had fun with this. Do you know what I think it is? I think this is something where if Hollywood tried this, I could see why I would hate it. But because of the way the <laughs> because of the, the humor of the characters well. and and the way the characters fight, it. Yeah. Like, it gives it this uh, different feel and different tone, and there's, like, an energy to the action where just just the way, like, he was using sort of almost John Wick-esque moves against zombies mm -hmm. made it feel so different to just a generic, you know... Mm -hmm. uh, you wanted to bring up one of the Resident Evil sequels, didn't you? Because uh, I could see it in your eyes. No, no, no. No, oh. no, what I was going to say is, uh, I mean, because you said, like, yeah, the Hollywood version of this, and then my mind instantly went to that new uh, Zack Snyder movie, because isn't that about... Oh, yeah, you're like, right. They have to break into Las Vegas with yeah, zombies. Yeah, Army of the Dead, it may be called, I yeah. think. <laughs> Something uh, like that, yeah. And it's a Netflix movie, I think, which... Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I think we may be a little lucky, that I think it might hit while you're on paternity leave, so we may get to... <laughs> we, we may get to avoid it for a little while, but... Okay. Uh... <laughs> Eek. Eek. Yeah. Save for the yeah. child. Years from now, Tim's child is going to look up and like, Dad, what's, what's the best thing about me being born? Well, listen up, child. I I, I got to avoid a new Zack Snyder zombie movie for yeah. like three months because of you. Thank you kindly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, like in all seriousness, though, like I do agree though. This does seem like something that, yeah. Uh, I I mean, obviously there are people that could do a good job of it, like anyway. But yeah, you can just see the bad Hollywood version of this in your mind. You can, like, you can. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Trade Busan presents presents Peninsula. I think, <laughs> yeah, objectively, as a, it's not as good as the first one, and it's definitely not as tight as the first one. But it's doing yeah. a lot of its own things, and it's being wacky and inventive in places, uh, and it's just, I think, I think pretty entertaining. So, uh, with all that said, Tim, what are you going to rate Peninsula? 
uh i don't think i can really go lower than an eight uh i i forget what i give the first one i mean it had to have been a, a pretty high I, i'm assuming probably 8.5 or 9 but um yeah not as good as uh the first um which i, I think really is probably just due to the you know the first one just being a little more tight a, a little more focused uh you know obviously since it's the first one it's a little more unique uh but i'm not to say this movie isn't unique because there's like you know a lot of new crazy different stuff that they do but you know just in the terms that of like yeah the first one is like oh like i haven't really seen you know how this person does zombies and stuff but um but yeah like i don't think it is you know uh like that much worse than the, the first one and uh and if anything it's like you know on a similar level to the first one just in a different way because you know it, it is such a, a different movie but uh yeah no a solid eight like it's a uh, extremely fun uh you know very entertaining again like just everything about it is very likable there are definitely flaws and little quibbles you can have but it's the kind of stuff that really doesn't affect the enjoyment of the movie you know like uh, e even if there's something that doesn't work 100 percent, it's not like it ruins a scene or it's something you're thinking about the whole time or takes you out of it uh because yeah there's just so many fun exciting uh set pieces that yeah <laughs> you don't really focus on maybe uh anything that doesn't work but yeah no i'm really really happy with this yeah um i yeah i, I you know i think i give the first one a, something in the 8.5 to 9 range mm -hmm. as well i'd have to go back and check uh i think with this there's, there's enough things that i can objectively look at and say this is maybe a little could use a bit more depth or use a bit more time to flesh out uh maybe you know some some of the the stuff it's doing is is solid enough but maybe just a little shallower than i'd like so i think on that even though i had like such a fun time basically from start to finish and i think it it works really well as a blockbuster zombie movie um and i think i'll have fun revisiting it and i think it's something where maybe i will go up in future as it is though i'm mm -hmm. going to say it just falls shy of being great and give it a 7.5 but I really enjoyed it though. I, I had a lot of fun and I, yeah. I I would recommend it. Uh I really would. Um so that is Train to Pisan Presents Peninsula. And if you've made it this far in the review on YouTube, in the comments, put the key word or key phrase. Um hot time. <laughs> right? Put the put the phrase hot time into the comments. Let us know you made it this far. I'm gonna make Tim Dewey's pause for the thumbnail. So here we go. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> Tim uh having a shit there, uh, by the looks of it. <laughs> or struggling to struggling to having a shit. Maybe maybe more accurate. Uh so yes uh but yeah that, that 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 you know brings us to an end here uh of zombie month hopefully you've had fun with us going through some of these uh mm -hmm. these films um and i am excited to tell you that we should begin into werewolf month starting next week so hopefully <laughs> that's something you also enjoy uh we're actually oh, about really? to record our first werewolf episode uh just after mm -hmm. this uh, as it happens so um please do let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below if you've seen it uh like and subscribe all that stuff that we said earlier same with patreon patreon.com slash tv super important you can catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for updates and, you know, other wacky comments and horror-related things. Uh, Tim pushes his Brahms agenda uh, as much as he can, much to my dismay. 
occasionally there's even a ch- cheeky lep post occasionally that i have to <laughs> uh, keep an eye out for but uh, yeah mix things up uh-huh uh so go over there have a look at that um otherwise i think that's pretty much us unless there's something i'm forgetting to uh talk about i suppose on the zombie thing now this is kind of late and it'll probably be on a break there might be like a spattering of this once in a while if, if tim's free for it but uh back in december into early january oh, yeah. <laughs> we we started playing resident evil 6 together now we've not, we've actually not started this yet at the time of recording but we're about to start doing it uh mm-hmm. that's over in the mail fuzz live channel which is where most of the live stream stuff goes not all of it but most of it does um if you want to go check that out because it's zombie related me and tim playing a game together mm-hmm. there's zombies in it you you're free to go check it out uh mm-hmm. so there should hopefully be a good four four or five maybe six parts of that up so far um so we'll have a have a peek have a peek at that and i'll be back mm-hmm. soon uh, again once tim's uh settled into daddy life a little bit mm-hmm. uh when he's uh stopped breastfeeding of course <laughs> tim you know you don't have to breastfeed right you know that's you know, that's the, the mother's job just, just make sure well... i, I want to make sure because i don't want to see weird newspaper reports of wild goat <laughs> obsessed maniac makes child feed from nipple Hey, I mean, there's such a thing as, uh, I believe, what's known as witch's milk, which is when uh, men uh, start to lactate. So who knows if, you know, if the if the, if the white juices are flowing, <laughs> then... <laughs> Do not feed your child any white juice, Tim. God damn it. Uh, also, does that mean that when, uh, when Robert De Niro famously asked, I have nipples, Greg, can you milk me? That the answer was technically, sure. possibly. Yeah, if he if he is lactating, sure. If he if he had that <laughs> witch's milk going on. Uh, do you know what always bugged me about that that joke in the movie is that I feel like Ben Stiller mm-hmm. should have immediately said, "Well, no, because only the the female of the species tend to be milked, not the men." <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> yeah, I mean those movies really bother me because it's just like, I, I I mean I get why they do it. Uh, I I just don't really like this comedy though, where like everything could easily be explained by you know him just having a human conversation with someone and just mm. saying oh hey you know sorry i'm nervous around you so i kind of misspoke this is what i meant to say uh but instead it's just him constantly doubling down uh and lying and trying to cover his tracks and uh, mm-hmm. really like um it like frustrates me <laughs> watching that yes yes but yes, you can milk anything with the nipples, assuming they're the female of the species, I think was kind of the point you should have made there. I'm just saying he could sure. have won that argument. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced you can milk a cat, but <laughs> that's not like another. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why we're on a topic of uh, meet the parents here at the end of this, but uh, uh, meet the parents in Busan, where you may have to take a train to get there, and there could be zombies. Uh, can you milk a zombie? Probably not, but... Uh, you're more than welcome to try. <laughs> the zombie's got nipples, Greg. Can you milk that? Uh, <laughs> all right, that has been Screams After Midnight. Thank you very much. This has actually been a longer episode, so uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you once again, and we will see you next time. Keep watching scary movies, guys. Goodbye.